Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Fro Anime Podcast, your one-stop shop for news on anime, games, and great discussions. It's Christmas Eve, a time where people are home with their families, enjoying the holiday season, and today we'll be talking about that very topic, Christmas, and anime that I think best represent it. As always, I'm your host, Dallas, and let's snowball our way into the intro. what's hot which by the way is seasonally appropriately named considering it's winter time so you know what's hot because it's cold anyway let's start off with some anime getting new seasons we have kuma 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 bear season two it's coming out at sometime i don't know uh it's it doesn't have an air date yet but it has been confirmed to get a season two now, anime that we do know have release dates are pretty close. We have Promised Neverland Season 2 is coming out on January 7th, World Trigger Season 2 on January 9th, Log Horizon Season 3 on January 13th, followed by Dr. Stone, The Stone Wars Season 2 on January 14th. And then sometime later on, we have How Not to Summon a Demon Lord Season 2, which is coming um, April 2021 so uh yeah that's what we have for the new seasons coming out i kept it kind of short kind of concise because if you're excited about a second season of any of these animes there's a pretty high chance you've probably already seen them so i don't need to give you a synopsis on them just know they're season two so if you want to catch up now you can so moving on to the next news we have reboots Shaman King is getting a reboot. It will adapt all 35 volumes of the manga with almost the entire original Japanese cast returning with the exception of I think one character and that is coming sooner than you think. April 2021. So put it on your calendars. I myself really really enjoy Shaman King. Uh, I think the first time I watched it was on 4Kids TV back when you know the infamous 4Kids dubbing was a thing and I gotta say it was pretty pretty great i played the game boy advance game and tried to read the manga but i wasn't really a manga reader yet so yeah i really enjoyed shaman king i can't wait for the reboot it's gonna be pretty great moving right along we have some movie news we have my hero academia uh apparently unveiled this poster with bakugo deku and todoroki in some new uniform with the text that said summer 2021 that's right around the corner. That's like six to eight months. So I guess we can expect the new uh, My Hero Academia movie coming soon. In other movie news, we have Prince of Tennis is getting a CG film with a complete original story that takes place in the three month time span between Prince of Tennis and its sequel, New Prince of Tennis, which is, by the way, such an original name. Just 10 out of 10 on the naming convention. Anyway, it's coming on September 3rd, 2021. So... If you like Prince of Tennis, you have something to look forward to. Now, I know you guys don't listen to what's hot for the the anime seasons and this, that, and the other. You want to know what new anime is coming out in this next season. What new anime is coming out next year? What can I look forward to? What do I need to read the manga to catch up so I can be in the know? Well, I got you guys. I got y'all. So, Platinum End, which is an anime that I'll basically, I'll tell you what it's about. So, after a boy named Mirai attempts to take his own life, he is saved by a guardian angel named Nas, not the rapper Nas, <laughs> but an angel named Nas, 
who she then proceeds to tell him that God is stepping down in 999 days and apparently Mirai is one of the 13 people that are set to succeed him. It seems like another one of those dark tone anime series and this anime series is written by none other than Death Note's Oba Sugumi. So if you like the writing of Death Note, if you like the dark themes of Death Note, you can probably expect something a little bit similar and this is set to air fall 2021. So it's a little ways away, but we'll see how it goes. There's a preview or a PV. I don't like, is PV preview? Pretty sure it is, right? It has to be. I don't know. Um, But yeah, so there's a PV, uh, I guess it sounds like preview video, promotional video. Getting off topic. But anyway, there's a PV of uh, Platinum End out now. Doesn't really reveal too much besides everything I just pretty much told you. But yeah, go check it out if you want to know more. Next, we have X-Arm. After high school student Akira Natsume is involved in a terrible traffic accident, only his brain is able to be saved and is then used in the creation of an advanced weapon. This series follows Akira as he joins the police's X-Arm initiative to regain his body and discover the truth. Now, speaking of truth, let me be truthful with y'all. This sounds a lot like another sci-fi battle anime that goes by the name of, oh, I don't know, Ghost in the Shell? Like, does that not sound very familiar to Ghost in the Shell? Anyway, it's a dark sci-fi battle anime that is coming on January 10th and it is a Crunchyroll exclusive. And that will be it for our What's Hot. So now I will take it over to this week I dropped. Hey guys, if you're like me and enjoy consuming anime in many different forms and want to support the show at the same time, then I have a treat for you. At PlayAsia.com, you're able to take care of pretty much all of your anime needs. From video games and movies to figures or even anime hoodies, they've got you covered. And if you use our affiliate link in the description, a portion of your purchases will go towards helping the show. It's a win-win for you. You get anime merch and you get more quality episodes of your favorite anime podcast. Now, back to the show. That's right, you heard correctly. This week, I dropped Do You Love Your Mom and Her Multi-Target Attacks. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say I may not be the most qualified to review this anime seeing as I dropped it after the first episode, but here we go. So the summary, basically, some guy gets transported to another world with his mom. Stuff happens. I don't really know. I, like I said, I dropped it. Um, <laughs> but being real, uh, so the, after filling out a survey, Masato Usuki is given the opportunity to isekai himself inside a video game. On his way to being transported into the game, his mom ends up coming with him, and silly antics ensue after that so some things that i liked right the art style is a really enjoyable art style aside from the two main characters i really don't like the way they're drawn um but the premise is also pretty decent i like the fact that he didn't get truck kun isekai he didn't get trapped in this game he basically filled out a survey and i guess some government department took that survey and said he qualifies for this new game we're gonna make and said, okay, well, we're going to throw you in. We're going to isekai you into this game as a beta tester, right? Um, and, you know, his mom ends up coming along too by accident, I guess. She ends up in the world. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the premise. It's an interesting premise aside from the fact that his mom came. I like the, the way he got isekai it's, it's not. It's kind of different from any other way that people get isekai uh, I really like the visualization of the attacks. I said the same thing with isekai Cheat Magician. But like the way the attacks like look, like the spells and like the auras on the blades and like all the different visualizations of the attack look pretty nice. They're pretty 
pretty well done in my personal opinion um the animation looks a little bit stiff at times but like i said maybe that gets better when you know episode five six seven eight i only watched one episode so i can't say too much about that um i really did enjoy the humor though it's like at times it's really deadpan humor it's humor where it's like if you got it you got it if you didn't we're gonna keep moving along and i especially enjoyed the commentary on the video games often references so like you know it'll be like uh like the moment where the uh mom got her two swords that are in the title you know two multi-hit attacks so the moment she got her her double blades the tutorial guy was like uh he read this description of the blades and he was like yeah that's the flavor text like that's like if you get it if you play video games you know flavor text is what they add to make the weapon seem like much more better and to give lore to it and stuff and he's just like yeah that's the flavor text next we're going to throw you in the tutorial go ahead and do it and it's like i like that video game references um, the character designs are also pretty decent from what I've seen in the opening. Uh, I'm, I wanted to watch this anime long enough to get to see all the other characters. Because maybe they'll add something new to it. Maybe they'll be, you know, the positive point in this anime. Because I really don't like it. <laughs> um, I really try hard to want to like this show. I really want to like this show. But I just can't. And you'll see why in a second. But, like, you know, I know you're probably listening to this. And you're, you're probably like... Man, Dallas, that's a lot of positives for someone who said you dropped this show. And there's only really one thing that made me drop this show. And y'all will figure it out in a second. So let's talk about the things that I don't like. The first thing that I don't like, and which is pretty much the only thing that I don't like about this show, is the mom. Every scene his mom is in is so cringy, right? It's And it's not even like cringy like... uh. I don't know, like 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 regular cringe where you can kind of get over it. It's a one-time thing. No, every single scene she pops up in is just super cringy. Um, the relationship between the mother and the son isn't even like a mother-son type relationship. They seem closer to a couple than they do parent and child, which is which is a huge turnoff for me, right? That's pretty much the reason I don't like it. Cause like the way they present the character and then say that that's his mom. It's just like that's not it for me personally. I don't like it. Aside from that, our main protagonist. He is super whiny. Like he, I feel like every time something happens, he has a complaint to say or a whine. And it's not like the the humorous whining that uh the main character from Konosuba does. Uh, I can't remember what his name is, but it's like the just the annoying grow up kid kind of whiny. It's just it's annoying to me. Um, and both the mom and the son protagonists are just uninteresting. Not only in their appearance. But in their personality as well. Like, how is that even possible? How are you boring? Not only how you look, but what you do. Like, it's just, I don't know. Um, I feel like there's so much there, but I can't get past that first episode. So, my verdict. If you don't have an issue with the mom stuff, I guess it could be a decent anime. I don't really know. Never got past the first episode. Like I said, probably not the most qualified person to review this anime. But, you know, it's how it be sometimes. That is how it be. Um, if you do want to watch this terrible anime, I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. But uh, if you do want to watch this anime, you can watch it on Verve. Uh, I give this anime a 1 out of 10. I'd give it a 0 if I could, but gotta at least give it 1. Did something right. So yeah, that's what I dropped this week. Subject matter this week is Christmas. Today is Christmas Eve, tomorrow is Christmas, and I thought it'd be appropriate to talk about some anime with pretty decent Christmas episodes. 
and now these three anime I picked pretty much represent like Christmas episodes and anime in general um, and I'll talk about a little bit about each one I'll tell you about the anime it's from and basically describe the episode and why I think it's a good fit to represent Christmas anime and why I picked it as an anime on this list so starting with the first entry on this list it's gonna be a bit different than the rest as it doesn't have the general cheer that a usual Christmas episode has it's episode 3 of Sword Art Online titled The Red-Nosed Reindeer and while that might sound as Christmassy as it can get that couldn't be any farther from the truth now Sword Art Online is an anime where everyone is trapped in a VR MMO or a virtual reality massively multiplayer online game where they if they die in the game they die in real life and our main protagonist Kirito is primarily a solo player who doesn't really play with others he kind of just does his own thing he calls himself a beater uh, a cheater and a beta tester for whatever reason um so yeah that's pretty much what you need to know about Sword Art Online to understand this episode right uh, I feel like I don't need to say too much about SEO either you love it or you hate it or you've at least heard about it so yeah i personally enjoy the series while the first season was a little bit eh, after episode 12 everything else was kind of a little downhill from there at least for the rest of that season season two with gun Gale was great gun Gale online alternative the spinoff was great alicization was amazing so just so you know what my personal stance is on sort of online so let's go ahead and get into the episode starts out with kito our main protagonist hanging at a bar after saving a guild called the Moonlight Black Cats from near death. Um, after joining the guild, Kirito basically begins mentoring this group of low-level players. He tries to keep his own level hidden from the other members in the guild for whatever reason he has. And after spending some time with the guild, Kirito gets a bit closer with one of the members named Sachi. As he gets closer with her, she expresses her fear of death to him. And at that point, Kirito basically he pledges he will do everything in his power to ensure not only her survival, but the rest of the Moonlight Black Cats as well. Fast forward to the next day, the guild decides to take on a higher level than the usual dungeon to earn some extra money for their guild as they're trying to buy a guild house. So they're like, hey, you know, let's go ahead and see if we can do this dungeon on floor like 27. Uh, I know it's a little bit out of our range, but Kito's the same level as us and look look how, how well he's doing. So, you know, Kito kind of gives them that false confidence that they're the same level, so therefore, they should be able to at least be capable of what he is doing. Um, but in reality, Kito's level like 48, and they're like level 20. So, like I said, he's hiding his level from them, so, you know, it, it's kind of a lie. So, the guild falls into a trap there, and they're slaughtered one by one. Kito is doing his best to fend off the monsters, but meanwhile, all this is going. Everyone dies, but Sachi. She's the only one left. Kito desperately tries to make his way towards her, however, she is killed right before his very eyes. Now you're probably wondering, what does this have to do with Christmas and why is this on this list? Well, fast forward to Christmas Eve and Kito is still traumatized. I know, not the best uh, segue, but yeah, he's still traumatized from that moment. He hears a rumor that an event boss will drop an item that could possibly revive his dear friend Sachi. With the great in his heart, Kirito goes on this seemingly suicide mission with a glimmer of hope that he'll be able to right his wrongs, basically. Because it's his, you know, not lie, but it's withholding of the truth that got them killed. If they knew the truth that Kirito was level 48, maybe they wouldn't have been as confident as they were, you know? 
So after defeating the boss, Kirito learns that the revival item has to be used within 10 seconds of dying. Keep in mind, it's now Christmas Eve and they died about six months ago. So Kirito walks away looking defeated, almost dead in the eyes. With all hope lost, Kirito is ready to give up. He's done, he doesn't care about anything anymore. He's sitting on Christmas Eve, sad. But it's at that moment when all hope is lost to Kirito that he receives a message, a time message from Sachi set for Christmas. In the message, she explains she knew about Kirito's secret and that she doesn't blame him for her eventual death. Before the message ends, she hums the tune of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer as the camera fades back to a crying Kirito and the episode ends. Now, this episode <laughs> was a little sad, yes. Uh, and probably not like the best cheerful Christmas episode or whatever, but I added it to this list because it told a really decent story without falling back on the usual anime Christmas tropes you'll see elsewhere in this list. It used Christmas not as a backdrop for fan service and filler, but instead of a further way to develop our protagonist, basically validating Kirito's reason to play solo as both a way to mitigate his grief by detaching himself from other players, as we see him do later on in the series, as well as showing how playing with others in the long run can hold him back because you know while him trying to do his own thing you see everyone else in that guild got killed and that you know can play a role in, in Kirito's decision to stay solo later on in the series so I thought it was a good look at you know developing Kirito a little bit more and I think this Christmas episode also reflects the reality for some people while yeah many people are enjoying the holiday season and all of its happiness there may be people that use this time to grieve, which can in turn make this episode more relatable and grounded for those people. And also for in context of the show Sword Art Online, it provided a break from the main story without feeling completely disconnected. So it felt like the plot was still moving forward even in this seemingly random episode. And I feel like all of those led it to become, you know, a pretty good episode of Sword Art Online and a pretty good Christmas episode in general. So yeah, Sword Art Online, Episode 3, The Red-Nosed Reindeer. Now, this next entry is a lot more wholesome and fun. It's Episode 8 of Persona 4, Golden, the animation, titled A Not-So-Holy Christmas. The keyword is golden, as there is another Persona 4 anime that um, it's, it's a little bit shorter, I think, and it's more focused on like the humor, whereas Persona 4 Golden is focused on more of the actual story of the anime. So yeah. Things you need to know about Persona 4 Golden to understand this selection. It's based on a game where any girl can be a love interest. About all you need to know. And it'll make more sense as I explain the episode. So this episode starts with Yunarakami, the main protagonist, telling all the girls individually to keep their schedules open for Christmas Eve as he and the guys are planning a Christmas party. And in true anime fashion, the girls get the wrong idea and get the impression that He's trying to take them on a date. He's inviting each of them on an individual Christmas date and not some party. Because he, when he invites them, he does it separately. So, you know, they get the idea that it's something private, personal. So what follows is a funny glimpse into each of the girls' reactions and preparations for their supposed date with Narukami. We see Chie and Yukiko frantically try to figure out what to do about the date by trying to get advice from a magazine article. It's there that they are embarrassingly running to each other and they try to play it off as if they want this article for a different article. 
you know, like Chie's like, I want it for the meat article, and Yukiko is like, I want it for something else. So, you know, the scene transitions, and now we see Rise happily and excitedly picking out an outfit for a date while trying to figure out what will happen on the date, hoping that it even goes a little bit farther than just a date, if you know what I mean. So, you know, that's what Rise is basically doing. Not really much is going on in her department. She's just like, oh, I want to pick an outfit out. Hmm, I hope it goes even further. I hope we become more than just friends on a date. Um, so now, fast forward to Naoto. Being a junior detective, we see her trying to deduce the motives of Narukami's seemingly random invitation on a date. Naoto comes to the hilarious conclusion that Narukami wants to get her alone so that he can kill her for being a detective. Now, a very paranoid and far-fetched conclusion for a detective in my opinion, but it's probably the funniest, uh, I guess, plot thread so far, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. So Naoto decides to take a walk and then it's there that she runs into the other girls doing insane things that she takes out of context that confirms her belief that yeah, Naruto Kami is trying to kill her. And like I said earlier, I think this, this particular segment is the funniest since it's the most out of character for her. Like up until this point, you see Naruto, this super composed junior detective, calculative, she's like mini Batman basically. So to have her have this super rash idea it's just to me i thought it was like pretty funny out of character moments are the most funny moments when it comes to things like things like this so fast forward to the day of and narukami is telling the guys that he needs help to finish preparations for the party teddy one of the guys assures he'll send someone over to help meanwhile all the girls start to arrive one by one for their date earlier than they then uh you know they were expected to come so Narukami mistakenly believes that they're the helpers Teddy sent over. So he sends them out on tasks to keep them, you know, occupied and keep them out of the, the house so that they don't know that he's playing a surprise Christmas party for them. After some time, all the girls arrive with the exception of Naoto, who's being extra cautious. Some mishap occurs, which leads to a big mass of tomatoes and the girls knocked out on the floor. So when Naoto arrives, she mistakenly thinks it's a murder scene, further affirming her suspicions. The screen fades to black and fast forwards to the next day where everyone's enjoying the Christmas party except Narukami who's low-key been assaulted by all the girls for giving them the wrong idea basically. Some other stuff happens, you know, New Year's and other things like that and the episode ends. This episode really keeps a persona feel to it like it feels like persona through and through with all the comedy and with all the moments and all the scenes. And if you play the game then you know like all the girls expecting him to be inviting them on a date is pretty game accurate basically it's very wholesome very lighthearted compared to the events of the previous episode of uh persona 4 where they just beat the big bad so very lighthearted break from the rest of the uh show so yeah persona 4 golden the animation a not so holy christmas you know i always get pretty excited when i get to talk about this last entry on our list so moving on we have episode 13 of love chinibio and delusions titled glimmering explosive festival slapstick noel this episode is an ova that takes place a few months after the season one finale and there will be minor spoilers so minor spoiler alert minor spoiler alert if you haven't seen love chinibio and delusions which you absolutely should then minor spoiler alert probably want to uh go fast forward to the end Anyway though, so some things you need to know. The main cast is in this uh, high school club called the Far East Magical Napping Society where they're supposed to be taking naps. They're like competitive nappers or something like that. But they really use that club as a facade 
to get Rika Takanashi, the main character, to give up her Chunibyo. And everyone but Ishiki and Togashi um, in the club have been, or still are, a Chunibyo. Now, before I even get into this episode description, let me just say that I watched this entire episode with a smile on my face. The humor, the animation, and the characters are pretty much exactly what I expected in an anime. And fun fact, this anime pretty much sets the bar for how I judge other slice of life anime. So if you haven't already, I highly, highly, highly suggest giving this anime a watch. Now, very much like the last, this one starts off with the guys, Yuta, our protagonist, and his friend Ishiki planning a Christmas party. However, spoiler alert, unlike Persona, Yuta is already in an established relationship with the titular Chuni girl, Rika Takanashi. And this is where the conflict of the episode begins. While the guys are busy planning a Christmas party, we see an interaction between Rika and fellow club member Shinka Nibutani. And Rika basically expresses that although in her chuny ways, a relationship is, mo is nothing more than a social contract, she still wishes that Yuta would participate in common dating practices, like, you know, going out on a Christmas date and, you know, planning Christmas dates, like, yeah, Christmas date. So she wants him to basically, like, do things that couples do, even though Rika being a chunibio doesn't really conform to standard social uh, norms. But when Shinka suggests that she attempt to get closer with him, Rika almost entirely rejects the idea in embarrassment. That idea that Shinka comes up with? A Christmas party. With both the guys and the girls wanting to throw a Christmas party for the club, everything seems good and ready to go. However, upon bringing this idea to the club's uh, faculty sponsor, it turns out that the school will be closed and they need to find another place to host the party. After some deliberation, going back and forth, trying to figure out whose house to host it at, Rika's best friend and fellow club member, Sane Dekamori, volunteers to throw the party at her house. And a side note about Dekamori, she is also, like I said earlier, a Chunipio. It is then revealed that Sane is pretty rich and lives in a mansion. We are then treated with some pretty wholesome fan service in the form of Christmas outfits and no, not the etchy ones, the regular ones. At this point, the gang is participating in classic Christmas activities like playing cars and eating cake. And the game they're playing in particular is Daifuko. Um, so to circle back to a comment I made earlier, the character interactions in this anime are, in my humble opinion, second to none. It's these moments that I judge other interactions against. Not just because they're funny, but because we get a glimpse into the character's personalities. And in its own way, it provides just a bit more character development even if the scene itself inconsequential. Because like, if you ever wonder why I always like character interactions, that's basically it. Like, You get these minor things that show, showcase more of a character than a backstory or, or narration will. Because I'm a firm believer in show not tell when it comes to filmmaking, movie making, TV, TV show making. Because it's those tiny things, those reactionary things the characters do against each other that really represent how that character acts and feels. Um, anyway, back to the story. After eating a bit too much rum cake, I assume that's what it is, because Rika ends up getting a little loopy, it seems that Dekamori also ate a bit too much rum cake. The result? We are treated to another one of the high quality fight scenes this series is known for. Imaginary, of course, because they're Chunibios. But like seriously, if not for anything else, 
watch this show for its action sequences at least. Kyoto Animation did not and does not skimp on the animation budget here. They never do. It's just, it's, in the words of Keanu Reeves, it's breathtaking. <laughs> anyway, after Rika comes down from her loopiness, Rika and Shinka have a heart to heart where she apologizes for not being able to be a better wingman for Rika. So some time passes and Yuta decides to take Rika home since they basically live right next to each other. They live like one floor above each other in an apartment. So, you know, Rika realize or Shinka realizes that that's their time, their moment to be alone. Um, so, you know, after they leave, we get some more character development because even when the main character is out of the scene, we still end up getting further character development when we see Dekamori break down because not only is she losing her best friend Rika to a relationship, but she feels as if Shinka, her upperclassman, is also seemingly abandoning her as well. Her solution? Drag Shinka and the rest of the crew along to spy on Rika and Yuta. Meanwhile, Yuta pulls a Christmas ex machina and tells Rika that he actually had a Christmas fairy trip planned for them. It's there that we finally see the couple being romantic and deciding to take love at their own pace. After a bit more fun shenanigans, the episode comes to a close. Now, if you thought SAO packed a lot of story and character development into their Christmas episode, then just wait until you see this one. This one has everything that the previous two entries on the list has, which is why I included it last. It has an enjoyable plotline full of many hilarious interactions that you just, trust me, when you watch it, you're going to be smiling just like I was. An episode that drives the story despite being a Christmas episode, top tier animation and art style that is extremely pleasing to the eye, and an overall fun episode that could just have easily fit into the season without seemingly being uh, too much of a distraction from the main story. Because this is an OVA, it's episode 13, so it's technically, you know, part of the season, but it takes place like right after the season finale as an extra uh added bonus so yeah those are my top three christmas episodes uh anime has to offer i feel like each one brings a little bit something different but they're representative as a whole of anime christmas episodes in general you have persona the completely off base episode that's just a lot of fun shenanigans um slice of life ish type thing then you have uh sword online which is exact opposite direction where it's not even like it's fun or whatever it's more of the christmas is just a thing that happened in the anime like you'll see a lot of christmas episodes or episodes with christmas in them christmas is just a thing that's there as a way to tell what, what time of year it is but less so it's not focused on christmas and then you have the sweet spot love chunibyo and delusions which is kind of like the middle area like i said the sweet spot where it's not so you know slice of life ish random episode but it's also not so character developing it hits a perfect middle and it works beautifully it's like a cake you didn't burn and you didn't undercook it's amazing it's great so yeah that's pretty much gonna wrap it up for this episode of the fro anime podcast i hope you guys enjoy this episode and tell me on twitter what your favorite episode uh christmas episode is of an anime or christmas chapter in the manga or light novel or whatever your favorite Christmas story, basically. It doesn't even have to be anime. Um, go ahead, follow me on Twitter at FroAnime, at the FroAnime Podcast on Instagram. And if you want to see some videos, go ahead and check out the YouTube channel, the FroAnime Podcast. Hope you guys enjoy and have a wonderful Christmas Eve and an even better Christmas. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Mm-hmm.